So I always tell people that I get to speak up here, but the revelation comes from God and my wife, not necessarily in that order. And so husbands, I'll tell you one piece of advice that if you'll become a student of your wife instead of her critic, you'll be amazed what you learn about family, okay? So give her a round of applause as she... So before I begin today with the message, um, Chris mentioned that we've had three daughters at Antioch Church, and so I want to start out by just saying thank you to this body. You guys have, so my daughters have been here for, and I don't know about you guys, but you know, if you're a young parent, one of the things you're going to face is sending your daughter to college. And you know, although we knew our daughter, I'm having a little issue here, um, yeah, go for it. It's, it's not quite. There you go. My ear's bleeding, but I'm okay. <laughs> no, I'm good. Perfect. So, um, yeah, you sent your daughter off to college, and even though we knew our daughters loved Jesus at a high level, you never know. You never know what's going to happen when you send them. It's going to a new place, and, you know, it's kind of like we sent them to a foreign land. We went from Dallas to College Station, and so where are they going to go? But you guys have embraced them. You guys have, they've built friendships here. They have been all over the world, and you guys have invested. And you say, well, I don't know the daughters, but you're a part of this body. And this body has invested in my girls deeply. I mean, they've, you've given them money for babysitting. You've, uh, we've even got a husband out of the deal so far. So, we, you know, uh, who knows? We might get a couple more out of it. We don't know. But, but just thank you, thank you, thank you for embracing my daughters. And because you've been family to my daughters, then Antioch is part of our family. And we love you, and we thank you for it, okay? So just everybody say you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so today I want to start you out by, I want to start you out, we're going to start this message, I want to give you the greatest secret to building an amazing family. And I want to end with the greatest secret to being an awesome parent. So we're going to start with being an awesome family. And, and like Chris was saying, you may say, I'm not a parent, so this doesn't apply to me. I can check out. But in reality, the kingdom of God is such that, you know, there's two kingdom uh, pillars, the church and the family God gives us. But yet the Bible doesn't talk a lot about family. God doesn't talk a lot about family and parenting. He talks a lot about relationships and believers, Okay, so that, and that leads us to the greatest secret to building an amazing family. There's a diagram going to come up here, and it's going to look like that. And that diagram is the basis for our entire ministry. You know what? Because listen to this, in Matthew 22, I got her out of order, but I'm going to go back to Matthew 22, 37 through 40. They asked Jesus, what was the most important thing? And they were actually trying to trick him. In verses 35 and 36, they said, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him, tested Jesus with this question. He said, teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Well, Jesus aced the test, and he turned into one of the most profound statements he ever said. He said, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. When they asked Jesus what was most important in life, he said relationships. 
I connect to God first, and then I connect to others. Relationships, so goes your relationships, so goes your life. And so that leads us to what the greatest secret of building a family is, is that so goes your family relationships, so goes your family. Your family will only be, the quality of your family life will be only as good as the quality of those relationships. Look at this diagram. There's two kids in this diagram, so there's 10 relationships in there. If you have three, there's 15. If you have four, there's 21. We have seven. We have 45. So there's, so we, you look at that diagram, and so go those lines, so goes your family. For example, if I am connected to God, if my line to God is good, I'm going to have patience and wisdom to lead my family. If my kids, the easiest kids to raise are kids that love Jesus. If God, the more God parents my kids, the less I have to parent them. It's a progression that happens over time. God parents more, we parent less. I tell people all the time that my goal is to be the worst Christian in my family. Not because, now think about this for a minute, not because I'm not growing in the Lord because I want my kids to take my faith and my wife's faith and take it to a new level. I want my kids to stand on my shoulders and, and my faith, they, they don't have to bring the baggage in that I brought to my marriage and my life. They get to go in with purity and they get to stand on my shoulders and go, to my, and go further in the kingdom than I did. That's what should happen. If my kids are best friends, my house is a place of joy. Why? Because my kids are looking out for each other instead of looking for out for themselves. So goes those lines. So goes your family. So Suzanne and I, it's the greatest secret we ever learned about family is that everything we do, we prioritize based on deepening those relationships. How are we going to build those relationships? Everything goes through this. Now, I can't go through how to do that all today. I, that takes a long time. We've written a book about it. We're starting a ministry. Our goal for the rest of our lives is to help younger families than us make that a reality in their lives. But today I can share with you how you as a parent can influence those relationships. What can you do to make all, because you as a parent have great influence in those relationships. I'm sorry, I'm still a little bit off here. But, um, and so that's what I'm talking about when I tell you that I'm going to tell you the greatest secret to being an awesome parent, okay? But first, we got to address a couple of difficult issues. One of them that you're going to already know if you're a parent, and that is, now, if you're not a parent, it's so funny when I see people who aren't married and aren't parents, they think that Marriage is going to be easy, and that parenting is going to be easy. My kids will never do that. Anybody ever said that before you got married? Yeah, but, uh, but if you know, if you're a parent, the battle you're facing and the battle ahead is fierce. You've got to fight if you're going to win at family. The battle ahead is fierce, and nobody disagrees with that. And even Jesus said, he said it in John 16, he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He didn't say you might have trouble. He didn't say it's possible you're going to, he didn't say some people get trouble and some people don't. You will have trouble. Now, 
I don't know what it, the troubles are different for us. You know, for example, you may have differences with your spouse. Now, I know that doesn't happen in Antioch, but some churches I go to have, you know, marriage issues. Not here, I'm sure. Uh, you may have one of those kids that kind of push your buttons. And right now, please don't look at that child. That would, that would be bad parenting. You know, you may, uh, you may have financial issues. You may have health issues. Maybe you or, or, man, even worse if it's your child. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, well, actually all through my growing up, I had migraine headaches. And uh, two or three times a month, I'd get these migraine headaches. And I remember my parents doing two things. One of them, I just remember, you know, I was nauseous and hurting and incredible pain. And my mom and dad just helping me through the pain, you know, holding the bedpans and all the thing, all the stuff you got to do as a parent to make it happen. And then they took me to doctor after doctor. And we went through, you know, time and energy and money and resources because it hurt them so much to see me in pain. Parents, can you relate? We, in this world, you will have trouble. But there's a second issue you may not have thought about as much. Usually parents don't, but it's like God gives, God says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. He, he gives us things to overcome our troubles. He promises to give us things to overcome our troubles. But in reality, the things he gives us to overcome our troubles in so many ways are just as hard or harder than the troubles themselves, right? I mean, I, if I'm really honest, I want God to be a helicopter mom. I really do. Let me explain. So let's say that Suzanne gets annoyed with me and she says something that hurts my feelings, right? I mean, I want to go, God, she's wrong. And I want God to say, honey, you're right. Come here. Come here, sugar. Come here, sweetness. Come sit over here. Come here, have a cookie. You know, and everything's going to be okay. Now, I'm going to go punish her. <laughs> that's right, God. That's right. And don't, not so hard, just so she won't do it anymore. You know? Oh, honey, that's, uh, you love her. That's so good. You are so good. Thank you, sugar. Have another cookie. Yeah, that'll be great. I want God to be a helicopter mom, but, he, but he's not. Instead, God says, hey, I know that you're a little bit offended here. Let's go forgive her. Let's go, uh, how about you give your life for her? How about you serve her? How about you take up your cross and follow me? And I'm like, who thought of that? <laughs> I mean, really? You know, I mean, is that your plan? How about a little helicopter mom action, maybe? You know, I like the cookies a lot better. In fact, as we've studied this, um, I feel like that God tells us three, as parents, he tells us three what I call are you ready questions for us. If you're going to fight the battle ahead, are you ready to do three things to fight for your family? One of them is this. Are you ready to give up your life? Are you ready to give up your life? Second one's this. Are you, really, are you ready to really learn how to love like I love? Are you ready to learn how to love like I love? And the third one's this. Are you willing to walk the narrow road? Are you ready to serve? Are you ready to love? And are you ready to lead and be an example? Let's break them down a little bit. First one is, are you ready to give up your life? 
Mark 8, 35. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but the interest of others. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Parents, have you realized that yet that your life is not your own anymore? Anybody realize that as a parent? We have, uh, Suzanne and I just became grandparents. So uh, our two daughters that are married, we're glad it's the two that are married, had babies. And so, um, and two little grandsons in the last several months, and it has been so humorous to watch our two daughters and their husbands become first-time moms and dads. Oh, my goodness. I mean, hello, can, can you believe how much that little guy, it, I, I forgot, it takes seven people to raise a newborn. <laughs> I mean, that little guy is so small but has so many needs. One of them looked at Suzanne a couple weeks ago and says, Mom, how did you do this seven times? How in the world did you give your life up like that? You know, um, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And we get parents coming to us all the time and saying, what do I need to do to have an amazing family? Jesus said, keep the commandments. He said, I have. And we... Sometimes we'll give them some things, and the parents, oh, yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They always want to perform well, right? And then Jesus said, well, let me tell you one more thing. Sell your possessions, give them to the poor, and then you will follow me. Then you'll have the treasures of heaven. And you know what? That guy went away at that point because he said, I can't. I can't live that standard. And we get parents all the time that, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to say? You know, are you ready to spend the time with that daughter to build that relationship, even though she may not be receptive to it? Are you ready to pursue her over and over again? Are you ready to spend time in God's Word to get the wisdom necessary to move forward? You know, hey, are, are you ready to come home and give to your family instead of every day? Are you ready to come home and give to them instead of expecting them to give to you? Are you ready to give up your life? Are you ready to really learn how to love? Now, a lot of parents say, I've got this one. I love my kids. I love them. Yes, I do. And we say, yes, that's true. In fact, as we talk to parents, sometimes we'll see marriages where the spouse, you know, the husband and the wife, really gets embittered towards the spouse and rejects that spouse and really does not love them anymore. They've fallen out of love. But I don't think I've ever seen a parent fall out of love with a child. And children can do pretty mean things to parents at every age. But a parent's love, there is a natural love, and we think that that's the love we use. And it is. God puts that love inside of us. But God also calls you as a parent to a different type of love. 
Look at Matthew 7, 9 through 11. It says, which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Which of you, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who love him? God has a different love. He has a different love standard than us. We have a love that wants to control. We have a love that's possessive. God has a love that's freeing. He has a love that's serving. He has a love that gives out from us rather than takes in. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. If you want that standard, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily ang angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Are you ready to respond in kindness when your child says, I hate you? Let's make it a little lighter. Are you ready to respond and to not be easily angered when your spouse does the same annoying thing over and over and over and over again? I remember my first year of marriage, it was not putting the cap on the toothpaste. Oh my goodness, can we do, can we, you know, I got over that though. You know, um, yeah, toothpaste, he says. Um, are you ready to have hope and perseverance when it looks like your child's going down the wrong path? Are you ready to believe instead of be fearful? You know, are we ready to let these statements be a part of our lives? I will be patient with my family. I will always be kind to my family. I will not be prideful with my family. Is anybody ready to leave the room yet? I will not be self-seeking. I will not be easily angered. I'm just following the scripture here. I will keep no records of wrong. I will always protect. I will always trust. I will always persevere. Are you ready to really learn how to love like God loves? Are you ready to take the narrow road? Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. When we wrote our book, Crazy Cool Family, the first thing we did was we went to our kids and we said, hey, what did we do to help create the family that God's blessed us with? And of course, I wanted to, I thought they would say, Father, oh, blessed one. It was because of your profound teaching that all the mighty wisdom that you gave to us, especially at those 7 a.m. Bible studies, that you imparted to us the wisdom of God, and therefore we are the people we are today. Guess what? They didn't say that. But they actually said something better. They said that, Mom and Dad, what you did more than anything is you walked with Jesus, you walked the road, and you shared it with us along the way. That you were willing to step into the journey that God had for you, and you led an example, and then you shared that journey with us along the way. You see, parents, 
Your example is more important than your instruction. In fact, your instruction will fall on deaf ears if it's not backed up by your example. Kids can smell a parent hypocrite a mile away. And yet you say, oh, well, I can't do that. I have issues. And I say, I get it. I do too. We all have issues. You're not a hypocrite because you have issues. You're a hypocrite because you take your issues and try to turn them into something that you're not so you can deceive people. Okay? So walking the narrow road is not about perfection. It's about direction. Are you willing to step out and walk the narrow road? If you'll do it, you'll, and you're willing to talk about it, one of the things they told us is, is that we shared it with them along the way. We were vulnerable with them. We shared our failures. We stepped out in faith, but we shared our failures with them. If you'll do that, you will be that example that your kids need. You see, Jesus says, now let's kind of take it another direction here. Jesus says the narrow road leads to life. Okay, we, these are things he's calling us to do. The narrow road leads to life. He said, and I promise you, if you will love, like Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, if you will love in that way, you'll have relationship breakthrough. And if we will serve like Jesus, if we'll give up our life, we will be rewarded. The things God calls us to do are good. They are good for us and they are good for our family. You agree with that? But I don't know about you, but they're hard. They are really hard to do. God says that in this world we'll have trouble, but yet his solutions are sometimes harder, I feel like, than the troubles. Sometimes I'll default to the troubles because it's easier than doing the solutions. And sometimes I get discouraged. The voices in my head tell me, I can't do it. I'm not enough. And yet, doing these things are really important. There's a, there's a, there's a disconnect there. It's, it's hard to do it, but we know we should. Because you know what? The stakes are high. I love my family. I love them more than anything. And I want the best for them. Don't you? And so God... How do we do this? How, what, God, what can you tell me? What can you tell me to do in order for me to do the things you've called me to do to overcome the troubles of the world? And the answer to that question is the greatest secret to being an awesome parent. Told you I'd get there eventually. <laughs> and it's simply this. We follow God's voice no matter what. Now, you may be saying, that's it? That's all you got? Of course we follow God's voice. But yet, I talk to parents all over the place, and I know internally in here, it's the biggest, it's the, it's the biggest reason that parents don't parent well. The wrong, we listen to the wrong voices, which leads to the wrong decisions. Instead of truly listening to God's voice, which will lead to the right decisions, Okay? God tells us that we've got to follow his voice no matter what, and it's hard to do, but it's something that he requires of us. He gives us two analogies in the New Testament to inspire us to follow his voice. One of them is 
sheep and a shepherd. In John 10, 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's one, sheep to a shepherd. He also tells that we are adopted children to a wise king. He says in Romans 18, at Romans 8, 16, 17, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In both analogies, sheep to shepherd, child, adopted child to wise king, right? We are valuable, okay? Sheep have value, children have value. But left alone, they're going to die, Okay? Sheep have value, children have value. They need something with them, the shepherd and the king, to be their voice. They need something to protect them. They need something to take care of them. And it's a key. If they don't, they can't do it. They can't, the, the sheep can't function without the shepherd. The adopted child can't function without the king. Okay? So that's our analogy that he gives us. So when we let God's voice become the voice in our lives, it will change the way you think about yourself. It'll change the way you think about your family. And it will empower you to serve, love, and lead by example. God's voice changes the voice in your head. So instead, so instead of the voice of fear, I'm scared something bad's going to happen to my family, so I'm going to overprotect, we get the voice of belief. God says, hey, I'm with you. Everything you do is going to work to your good. Instead of the voice of performance, I have to perform. My kids have to perform. We all have to perform so that we are liked and accepted. We get the voice of grace. Hey, you're performing for an audience of one. I got this. I love you. I created you. Instead of the voice of discouragement, I can't do this. I'm not enough. We get the voice of hope. Hey, that's right. You're not enough. But together, we, we are more than enough, right? We get a different voice. You know, catch this. The other voices don't count. Not your family's, not even your spouse's voice, not even the voices in your head. It's not that you don't listen to them. We listen to them, but they, are, they don't count. They don't get to be top dog. They only are pathways to hearing God's voice. Did you hear that? The voices don't get to rule you. They're only voices. You hear them. So if you hear a voice, you put it up next to what God says. And if God agrees with it, then we agree with it. But if God doesn't agree with it, that voice goes over here. I don't care how important that person is in your life. We follow God's voice as the final voice, and we follow it no matter what. And it changes everything. So let's give me, let me give you an example. Let's say you got a mom, okay? Mom's got a five-year-old. Five-year-old's having some behavioral issues. Is you know, not getting along with other kids at school is, is biting kids and, you know, no fun at home and everything's going wrong. And, of course, so the mom has no idea how to tackle this. And, but, you know, all the other parents, they have great ideas about how to tackle this. And they're more than willing to tell her about it. And the husband says, oh, honey, it's all your fault. If you would just discipline the child more, everything 
would take care of itself. What's that mom doing? She's beating herself up. I am not enough. I can't do this. I, I just want to run. I want to get out of here. I am not the mom I need to be. So she yells at the kid, why don't you do better? Why can't you be more like the other kids? She fights with her husband. She ignores the other parents. The downward spiral occurs until one day she says, and, and if you can remember one thing, remember this question. God, what do you have to say about this? God, what do you want to speak into this? Well, God says, first of all, I love you. And, and I've created you. And you know what? I handpicked you to be the mom of that child. I, you are, before creation ever started, I knew you were going to be that mom. You are perfect for this job. And she says, but God, I'm failing. I'm failing miserably. He says, eh, can we reassess that a little bit? You have a five-year-old with some behavioral problems, but together we're going to work it out. And so she starts to hear that voice. And she starts to allow a different voice to make her think about herself differently. She allows God's voice to redefine who she is. She's not an awful mom with an awful kid. She's an amazing mom with an amazing kid who's got an issue, right? God redefines who she is, and now she can move forward. And you know what? The other parents don't get to define her. The husband doesn't even get to define her. Sorry, husbands. Sorry, wives. They don't get to tell her what the voice is. Only God gets the final voice. You see, let me tie it all back together. God's voice gives you the power and the direction to step into those hard things that he wants you to do. You with me? God's voice. When you let God's voice be the voice in your life, not and, and the other voices don't get to be the final voice, you just got to take them and let them be pathways to God's voice. You're going to see a difference in your life. You're going to see your ability to serve, to love, to lead by example increase. You see, when you come to Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. You are a new person with supernatural powers, not because of who you are, but because of who God is. 2 Corinthians 10, it keeps going. It says that we fight with, power, with weapons that are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. God's voice will tell you over and over and over again, your identity is not what those people are saying about you. Your identity is not what the world says about you. I've created you to be this parent. I've get, I, with me, you have everything it takes to do it. Awesome. All you got to do, all you got to do, it's not, it's not easy, I know. All you got to do is follow my voice. Follow my voice and step into where I want you to serve your family. Follow my voice and step into how I want to teach you how to love. It will blow your mind how God wants you to love. Hey, be the example. Step into the narrow road. Step into the hard things. I'm with you. I got you. And he's going to require you. He's going to ask you, not require, he's going to ask you to do some crazy things. But he's going to give you some crazy power to do it. And so as we finish up, if the band comes, 
and, and we'll, we'll also have the people that are going to pray with you come. Um, you know, God's going to ask you to pursue. Come on up, guys. We're going to finish up here. God's going to ask you to pursue that relationship with your son or daughter over and over again, even when you're rejected. He's going to ask you to coach that team, even though you don't feel qualified for it. He's going to ask you to be discipled so you can learn more how to hear his voice. He's going to ask you to give away money and time you don't have. And then he's going to ask you to reconcile and forgive over and over again. You know, let's bow our heads together. So, hey, stand up with me. Stand up with me. I don't know protocol here. Yeah, so, it's always good to stand before the Lord. Hey, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? The greatest secret to becoming an incredible parent is to follow the voice of the Lord. What are some areas in your life where you are listening to other voices instead of His voice? Are you willing to receive God's encouragement to you today? Would you just receive that you are his child, that he's crazy about you? And parents, he's hand-picked you to be the mom or dad of your family. God didn't wake up one day and go, oh my goodness, what happened? We put that kid in the wrong family. He didn't do it. He knows exactly what he's done, and he knows that you are best for that. Would you receive that encouragement today? We're going to have some time here. I, I loved the time we had before the message of God just speaking to our hearts. Specifically today, parents, where is God telling you to listen to his voice instead of those other voices that are rattling around in your head? Come on up and get prayer as they play. Come on up and uh, let's just spend a little time worshiping together. Thank you, Father. Bring your presence into this place and let, your, let parents and believers step into more of who you are and become more of who you are calling them to be. In Jesus' name.